All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to Notable Nashville Podcast. Today's guest is the very talented Jessica Lynn Witte. So, Jessica, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to me today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So, it's interesting because you you actually grew up in Denmark, right? You're you're from Denmark. I did. So yep. What was that yep. like? What was that like over there? Um. Well, to me, that was normal. But I guess when you're American, it it's a completely different life. <laughs> it's a completely different culture. So, um, what was it like? It was uh, quiet. And there's not a lot of country music going on over there. So I felt a little off because I just, I love country music. <laughs> so, yeah, I, want, I, want, yeah. I, was, I was interested to hear what the music scene is like in countries like Denmark. Is there, is there any big music scene, not even in country, but just any, any kind of music scene? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's lots and lots of music. Um, particularly, they seem to be drawn more toward like, pop, rock, um, electronic style music. There's even a huge metal scene. Uh, but <clears throat> country music just hasn't seemed to to enter their their style over there. Gotcha, I'm not okay. sure why, but maybe because country songs are usually very American, very Americana, very um, much about a certain way of living that is mostly done over here. And mm-hmm. We don't really have in Denmark that same, some, anything that can relate to that. Right. So, yeah. So then you, you made the move over to the States and you moved to Washington or Seattle area. Is that right? That is true. I, I kind of overshot Nashville by a few thousand miles. <laughs> so <laughs> I know you do a ton of work in Nashville and, uh, you know, your, your publishing is from Nashville. And so what is your, what is your connection? How did you get connected to Nashville when from Seattle? Well, I honestly, I had a couple of friends that lived there and I just started visiting and I have been for the last, uh, probably seven years when I started, I, I moved here 10 years ago. So you know, it took me a few years to realize maybe I should go to Nashville. And um, uh, six years ago, I started recording there. And then I just met more and more people. And um, <clears throat> now uh, most of the people I work with, aside from my band, all come out of Nashville. So so I'm actually taking off tomorrow again <laughs> to, to, uh, to go to Nashville. To go yeah. to Nashville? Okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, what's your experience like with like the session musicians from Nashville? Did you click with them? Because, you know, you, you said that there wasn't a lot of music, country music where you came from, uh, what, what, uh, kind of sparked this drive for country music and working with, uh, country musicians? Mm. Well, see, I did, the, I grew up in a small town in Denmark and there was a, at one point there was a, uh, they were trying out a, chan- a channel in the local cable community or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was CMT. And that's actually how I heard country music, like new country music, not, not the, the traditional stuff that, that my mom would listen to Patsy Cline and Jim Reeves. So there's <laughs> a big jump from that to, you know, Garth Brooks and Faith Hill. So that's kind of how I got into it. And, um, I forget what was the other part of the question. Oh, I I ended up starting out saying, uh, what what is it like working with the studio musicians in Nashville? Yes. Do you find that they, okay. um, <laughs> you know, they they work well with you and stuff like that. 
I feel like um, the minute I started going to Nashville to record rather than record different places here in, on the West Coast, um, it fit my pace a lot more. Uh, and, and, you know, just walking in there, ta- uh, working with the studio musicians, I mean, you walk in and, and 20 minutes, half an hour, they've, they've nailed your song and it's done. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible what they can do. It's a certain skill set that, that I've not seen anybody have up here. Um, nor in Denmark for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it. I really love, because it seems like they, I, I'll walk in with a song. They know exactly what to do with it. It's like they're reading my mind. Um, I've never experienced that anywhere else. So now I won't go anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's always yeah. what I hear from people as far as like studio musicians here in town. Uh, they just oh, yeah. like, you know, they they maybe hear what your, what your idea is, their song, and they're just like, yep, roll with it. And that's what I think is, you know, special about Nashville and just all the musicians here. Um, Absolutely. I'd love to hear what they do with other styles of music, too, because I have no idea. I've only ever brought them country. You know what I mean? So is it just because they really know country or can they actually play any style of music this way? That's that's always an interesting concept. I haven't been brave enough to try (laughs) anything else, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think to your point, I think a lot of the session musicians, I'm friends with a few of them, um, mm-hmm. you know, are well versed in pretty much all styles of music. I had on the podcast this guy named Danny Young, and he works mm-hmm. with um an artist called Dan Tominsky, and he uh he plays, you know, country kind of roots music with him, but he's also super talented in other, you know, genres of music, so as a drummer. So, I think that, you know, most of the session musicians can kind of you know, mold themselves to whatever the music is. But yes, yeah. that's what happens when you just immerse yourself, I think. Absolutely. And then of course there's gotta be some raw talent to work with, but, but yeah. it seems like that's just par for the course. I oh. mean, you're a studio musician anywhere else. Um, you don't even get a chance once you go to Nashville. <laughs> right? Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm glad I, I'm glad I don't have to butt heads like that. Um, so, in that world, that must be harsh. Yeah, it's it's doggy dog over here, but um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know that. Uh, so I want to talk about kind of your your live performances, and I saw that you performed at the Texaco Country Showdown and kind of got top mm-hmm. honors there. And um, you know, obviously with COVID and everything, your performances have probably slowed down a little bit, uh, like everybody. Yep. So, um, but was. I was reading about your your single that came out in 2014, "Calling Me Home," kind of talking about your new roots. And was that was that one of your first singles that you put out, or when did you start putting out music? So I actually put out four singles in 2011. That was the first first music I put out. "Calling Me Home" was 2014, I believe. So it was one of the first ones, and I didn't put out a lot of music. Um, this was still while I was dabbling with where do I record, finding the right. Yeah, I recorded a bunch of different studios here in the Northwest. So Calling Me Home is actually pre-Nashville for me. Gotcha, um, okay. Yeah. The first uh, song I took to uh, first batch of songs I took to Nashville was my Catch Me If You Can, where um, Drive It Like a Race Car is pr- kind of the, the staple uh, on that group of songs. And that was in in. 15 put out in 16. So, gotcha. um, yeah. So yes, live shows have dried up quite a bit this year. Um, honestly, I had my, my first live show in February 
and my and that was almost a full year of not playing live music, which is used to be my which is my livelihood. It's all I yeah. do. <laughs> so it's a big change for me. I've I've had to go through a lot of realizations and and you know, thinking about well, what is my life going to look like right now? Because at at one point we couldn't even see a way out, right? Mm-hmm. So I I, uh, I did come to the point where I realized, wait a minute, I'm going to be making music no matter what the world looks like. So if the world looks like this right now, how does me making music look, right? Because right. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> Maybe I can't play live in front of people, but so I started live streaming. I recorded a bunch more music. Um, and I actually have a plan to put out a single every month of this year. Wow. So, yeah. Ambitious. That's awesome. And I'm trying to make a, mu- a music video for each of them as well. A music so. video for every single single that you put out? Well, I'm behind already, but yes, that is the plan. <laughs> that's awesome. That, that's so cool yeah. because the last art- artist that I had on, uh, is doing the same thing. He's trying to come out with a yeah. single every month. So I think, you know, with, with these quarantine times and, you know, not being able to play out, uh, is it true that you maybe have more time to focus on writing and, and putting things out as far as, you know, you don't have the day-to-day shows going, you know, going to shows and having your schedule booked up? Yeah, I think, I think that's absolutely true. Um, I feel like I've been just as busy just doing other stuff though. I, I don't feel like I've had that extra time, but I've had to reprioritize. So I kind of went, wait a minute, if I'm going to stay front of mind with people, uh, with my fans and my, you know, whomever's following my music. Well, I need to put out music because otherwise it's just crickets from my world. So I wrote a lot. I, I, I traveled to Nashville more probably this year than any other year and, and recorded and, and yes, I, I mean, so I focused more on it, but I don't feel like I have more time <laughs> per se. Because gotcha, okay. I spent, I spent a lot of time with shows that, rebooking shows that then again never happened. And that part of it took a lot of time out of my calendar. And I'm sure it did for a lot of other people. And it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once, once this uh, all lifts up and, you know, we're able to do things normally again, what, what venue are you going to go play first? Well, I'm, I'll, uh, you can come see me tomorrow night at the scoreboard. <laughs> in oh, you're playing the scoreboard tomorrow. Awesome. I, I am actually yes, but um, I I do have some 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 pretty cool and big shows in the books. Again, now it's just a matter, you know, is it going to happen? Because all my shows from last year got rebooked, and and new ones are are rolling in. So I actually have just for the summer I have twenty four shows. So I'm it's looking good right now, but at the same time it's you know we don't want to get our hopes up. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic, I suppose I should say. Well, that's good that you're, you're still able to get out and, and, you know, actually play music. Um, I guess I was thinking because a lot of the venues here in Nashville that I know, like Exit Inn, Marathon, are kind of not really um, doing shows right now because of the COVID Mm -hmm. restrictions. And of course, you know, Bridgestone. Because they're too big. Yeah, because they're too big capacity. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so I was reading up on, you know, Warning Label. Was that your 2019 release? Yes, it was. Um, kind of your rock and gospel influences on there. And you yep. want to talk a little bit about that? I see you've worked with uh, Larry Bird, who I've, I've heard his name before um, in Nashville. So you yep. teamed up with him again back from your 2016 release? 
Yeah, I did. Same guy. I've, I've, I'm actually back in the studio on Thursday with him, um, in his studio anyway. And they're, they're fabulous. They get all the, all the best of the best in there, which, you know, a lot of places do because it's Nashville. Mm-hmm. But they just, I like the way they work in there. Um, so with Warning Label, when that came out, it was my first bigger collection of songs. It's an album, technically, but it's only seven songs. So, you know, um, I, when I was learning, I was, I, I got to a point in my life when I was living in Copenhagen and, and did not have any music in my life at all. And I was very unhappy. And I got to the point where I was like, well, when is the last time I was actually truly happy? And turns out it was when I was in my school choir. So I was, that was, you know, probably 15 years back at that point, if not more, 20 years. that I felt like I've been, since I've been happy. So I joined a gospel choir in Copenhagen, actually two of them. And that's where a lot of this gospel influence came from. So I've learned a lot about, creating you know this structure of the this genre of gospel music and um but also just understanding how to use my voice and i took a lot of lessons while i was in that choir and i used that as kind of like a training ground on on vocal training basically and um and i i felt like a lot of the songs that were coming out that at that point that were coming through me at that point lended themselves to like big gospel vocals. And so we, so they're arranged a lot like, like gospel songs. And, uh, and there's one song on that album called heaven bound. That is just three part harmonies and a tambourine. And, uh, and I, that's one of my favorite songs I think I've ever done. I love yeah. that. I love that style when it's just like focused mainly on the voice and, uh, yeah. here are the harmonies. That's some of my favorite type of music. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, so I want to talk about, you just uh, put out Like Whiskey, the acoustic version. Um, yes. What was, your, what was your reasoning behind putting it out as, as acoustic rather than, you know, the, the original? Well, I, I guess it's taken me a bit to get on board with the new way of doing things, like the whole single after single after single. And then you take all those singles and just plop them in an album and call it good, and then you move on. Um, I was doing things the old fashioned way when I put out warning label and I put everything out at once. And that means that those songs, I did an acoustic version of the long way around and then like whiskey now, um, they, they kind of deserved a second life is what I felt like. And so, and I've been encouraged by my fans to create an acoustic record of some of my song so i'm so that's kind of what i'm working towards by putting out acoustic versions of some of these songs but then also it it gives me an opportunity to create videos for them and which i don't have one yet for like whiskey that was uh that was one of those uh covid moments where things fell apart but uh (laughs) but 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 it gave me a chance to you know reintroduce those songs to the world because they kind of before they just lament in obscurity Right. So, so, so yeah, it's, it's just a way of keeping fresh content coming out and, and also doing something that my fans said they wanted me to do. So, yeah. Awesome. So is it your plan to kind of put out a whole, you know, a whole slew of songs, a whole record of acoustic songs? Yeah, basically. Um, I'm not sure what that's going to look like yet because right now I'm just taking and stripping 
the songs I have already, but I feel like I might want to go, I might want to create, you know, a handful of songs to go with it that are either not released at all or that are arranged differently because they're acoustic versions. So we'll see what that turns into for now. I'm just kind of like putting out acoustic singles and then they'll morph into some sort of album project at some point. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to place the song in here for everybody, but before I do, my last question to you is, you know, pertaining to like whiskey, what is your favorite Tennessee whiskey to drink? My favorite Tennessee whiskey. Um, Ooh, you put me on the spot. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do have, uh, uh, I mean, for when it comes to whiskey, I actually <laughs> actually like the, the honey whiskey best. Oh, yeah. And, I, I uh, love Jack Daniels yeah. honey whiskey. That's, that's some good stuff. Exactly. I was just about to say, te- uh, um, yeah, Jack Daniels. Is it called Tennessee honey or something like that? Tennessee honey, yep. yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very I cool. Just, I could drink that all day. It's, it's sweet. It's, but it's good. Yeah. I, I just, I like the sweeter stuff. So for me to actually sit and drink straight whiskey, it's a little hard. <laughs> well, well, I'll take a shot of that later for you, Jessica. And thanks so much for okay, your time great, and, great. and good to talk to you. We'll uh, place the you song too. in here, like whiskey and uh, take care. Hopefully I'll see you around Nashville. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Grab my coat and my shoes if I could only find the other one. And I sift through my clothes so I can get my sunglasses on. And I would totally regret it if it hadn't been so much fun. There's something wrong with my memory. I still smell like I wasn't thinking I was drinking My glass was full, the room was spinning I shouldn't have been that irresponsible me And I still smell like whiskey I could not have found a worse tea to reek like a distillery. And I'd hide from my boss, but I don't have that ability. And once his head kicks in, I'm gonna be a liability. Like I wasn't thinking I was drinking My glass was full, the room was spinning I should know better than that irresponsible me I still smell like whiskey I think I may have 
did I dance on the bar? Huh, I don't remember. Aw, oh, I wasn't thinking I was drinking. My glass was full, the room was spinning. Yeah. Oh, I should know better than that oh, responsible me. But I still smell like whiskey.